This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Hello, Kia ora and welcome along to the New Zealand Charity Podcast, the show that helps you to make better contributions to the charitable organisation you serve. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and today we're joined by Richard Harrison from Aon Insurance Brokers. Richard, kia ora, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. And yourself? I'm fantastic, thank you. Have a good Christmas break? It was beautiful. Super. Too short. Yeah, always is, hey? Hey, look, let's jump straight into it. What is it that you do with Aon, and what is Aon? So I'm a uh, account manager at Aon uh, in Hamilton here. We deal with any and all organisations from from your home domestics to your your big corporates. And so Aon is one of the leading insurance brokers in New Zealand. We have 76 offices around the country. And the aim of that is to have someone local in every sort of town so that people have personal representation and, you know, talk to people face to face. Very cool. Hey, now we use you for our... Liability, well, for all of our insurances actually at um, the Waterboy and Taku Waidua. Can you tell us about insurances, not only individual and, and business, but why insurance is important for charities? So it's important for charities as it gives you a, a bit of freedom to do what you're doing. Charities generally run quite fine uh, in terms of their financials, mm. and if problems come up, as they eventually will and do, it's always good to have some support behind you uh, in, in that financial trouble or hardship that may come. Yeah, for sure. So the obvious ones are if you are getting a vehicle for your team or for yourself. It's stupid if you're not getting <laughs> you're stupid if you're not getting vehicle insurance because it's a sitting duck waiting to explode. Yeah. Then the one that is perhaps a little bit less known is liability insurance. Can you talk to us about what liability insurance is and specifically how it's applicable to trustees and charitable organisations? Yeah, so liability insurance is is protection for you and your organisation for damage that you may cause to someone, either body, their personal, or their property. And it also is a financial risk as well. So an example would that be is you're going off-site somewhere and and if you had a smoke, for example, and you drop your cigarette down and and burn a a building down, you know, if you're acting on your professional capacity, uh, then you would be found liable for that. Insurance policies would pay for something like that. Now, it's important for charities because, as I said before, they run quite fine, so it's good to have a have a bit of money behind you if instances happen. So specifically more for charities, claims that we might see would be, unfortunately, mismanagement of funds, that might be. So there's potentially cover in your policies for that. And the management of the trust itself, when, it, when you come up to your trustees level, and, and how they're actually managing the trust, how those funds might be distributed, and uh, how, how it's all worked. So... You know, it's it's important that there's some protection behind you if if some people feel aggrieved by whatever's happened and yeah, have a crack at you basically and it gives you some, some protection behind that. Yeah, cool. Remove yourself personally, you know, your own personal assets from 
from what you're what you're doing in your trust. So if someone or an organisation decides to take your charity to court, there's that protection there in place if you've got the right policies in place, yeah? Correct, yes. So it'll pay for your defence costs and things, which add up really quickly. Mm. There, there'll be sections on your policies for defence costs, and then there's also, where applicable, you can have reparations and any fines and things like that paid. Um, health and safety fines you can't insure against, so they will always sit on your book. Yeah. But other other statutes you, and other fines that you may have uh, can be payable from your policy, provided mm. it's all in the right in, in place. Yeah, and I must stress as well, for those who are just thinking, oh yeah, awesome, we'll just go out and get liability insurance, this is not a replacement for health and safety plans and policies, and it's not a replacement for the likes of child protection plans and policies, it very much is just a backup, you still need to be doing those best practices so as to not get yourself in that trouble in the first place, insurance is really just for those unforeseens that pop up and at the end of the line when all of the court proceedings take place often it'll be found it'll come down to directors or to trustees of an organization and if they have been negligent or if they have been not following best practice they can personally be found liable for any grievance claim in a a court of law so that's when insurance comes in yeah, insurance is not a, not the silver bullet and it's not going to solve everything, but it's there to help you when things go pear-shaped a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so many people think, oh, look, that'll never happen to us. But And that's is. the point of insurance. Yeah. You? <laughs> you don't know. You, 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 we often get, get asked if we can just insure a blanket policy, and, and that's fine. You could if you could tell me exactly what building was going to burn down. The problem is you insure for stuff you don't know what's going to happen, and that's the, the bit behind it. Can charities get funding to get insurances yes i believe so yes they can yeah through different organizations i believe some local governments do so and i think other funding organizations out there i think offer grants as well that was more or less a loaded question i already knew the answer to that and (laughs) and indeed waterboy and tuckerboy to get funding for our insurance policies as well so it is really no-brainer and and money well spent yes it's overheads many people don't like overheads and, and we'll have a a podcast on the overheads conversation actually and if people haven't listened to or watched Dan Pilotta's uh, Way We Think About Charity Is All Wrong that's a, a TED talk I definitely implore you to do that and yeah we'll, we'll probably discuss that very TED talk on, on one episode so Richard when should charities in their growth and life cycle consider having a conversation about getting insurance? Yeah so I think as soon as they start going they should start talking to someone about it and as soon as they start paying people to actually do some work for them uh, is going to be, I think, the key trigger as to when that discussion becomes a little more serious. Yeah, and that's because of check with lawyers and everything here, but we will give you some <laughs> high-level experience in that you start to become a little bit more liable for things when you have a paid employee. Often if you're doing something from a volunteer basis and there is no paid employees within an organisation they can, for want of a better word, get away with or not be found liable for things. As soon as your organisation has a paid employee, I would implore you to definitely, if you don't already have in place your health and safety, your child protection and all of that stuff, but also you need to start um, seriously considering some insurance. That's not to say that you don't need insurance before your paid employee, what Rich is saying is go and talk to an insurance broker. They don't cost you anything to just have a conversation and they'll be able to point out your 
your risks basically and, and you want to be covering your risks for that both as an organization and as a trustee as well mm -hmm. so that's just what i'd call being sensible let's talk richard can you explain to us the difference between an insurance broker and an insurance provider or an underwriter so uh, an insurance broker is an intermediary so we sit between we, we act for our clients to the insurance and in the insurance market so you can't just go out and buy well it's difficult, more difficult to go out and just buy insurance as your trust to go straight to any underwriter. Often you, you won't. So you talk to an insurance provider, a uh, broker rather, and they will advise you of risks and then structure a program that's suitable for what your trust is doing. Generally, in buying the insurance is the easy part. What it, what it is is actually understanding what your trust does or charity does. Uh, figuring out what part you want to insure, what part you don't, how much you might want to retain. Um, and then so we work with our clients on that, decide what we want to do. Then we go to the market, the underwriters, and produce our submissions to them. And then basically come back to the charity or, or our client with the best options that may suit suit their needs. So it's not necessarily in terms of premium. That doesn't have to always be the, the golden ticket. Um, you might have better coverage options and, and on one policy than you do on another and those covers might cover what you see as your risk higher than what others do. So it's about formulating exactly what you need for what your charity is doing. Yeah. For mine, using a broker is an absolute no-brainer. They're your best friend when it comes to working out what insurance is best for you. You can just explain to them in plain English what you guys do, and then they know all the detail of what the insurance needs or your insurance needs are and what the different underwriters, where their strengths and, and weaknesses are and their policies that they give. That's not to say that you shouldn't be reading those policies in detail, but your broker is definitely a, a, a point of advice for siphoning those and, and turning those back into layman's terms, those wordy policies. Correct. They're also your best friend if you ever need to make a claim against those policies, yeah. right? Instead yeah. of going straight to the the underwriter, you can just call up whoever a broker is and, yeah. and they do a lot of the legwork for you, don't they? Yeah, it's important to, to also understand that we actually are your advocate in the insurance market. So we are actually working for you, not the insurer. Mm. So we take your case to the insurers, get your policy, and the same on claims time is that we want the best result for our client so we fight the hardest to get to get the best payout. Advantages of going with brokers as opposed to going straight to the insurer is that you're going to get better policy wordings with bigger brokers mm. um, or, or any brokers really. They put a lot of business with insurers, so insurers give them good policies and good policy wordings. Um, and if things are going a little bit hairy, relationships matter. Generally, if you've got a really good relationship with your insurer or your underwriter, you know you can work around some things where you might just get a straight no from from a direct direct company. Mm. Yeah, look, that's really good advice. And, and I suppose, well, yes, whilst we're talking about charities in the context of charities here, this is so applicable as well to your personal insurances, your health, your medical, and um, your life insurances. Your if you have a business and and all your vehicle and everything like that. So insurance as a whole is really important and there, it blows my mind how many people and how many organizations don't have insurance you probably see it a little bit more than Lots. me yeah. yeah yeah i think it's i think it's uh, there's, there's a bit of a mentality around insurance that it's a, a necessary evil where i think if you start thinking about it a little bit more there's definitely value in a policy a, a well-written policy and 
it's a tool that you that you use that gives you some security yeah no wicked look let's wrap it up there for today but if you have any questions comments or feedback about the show or if you have any topics you want us to discuss on future shows be sure to send an email to info at thewaterboy.co.nz subject line nz charity if you wish to contact the good collective to support your charity or to sign up your business to be a service provider for charities you can email info at thegoodcollective.org.nz. If you're listening to the show from a podcast platform, i.e. Spotify, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Download the episodes as well and share it with your friends so that we can help more Kiwis to better support the organizations that are passionate about. Thank you very much, Richard, for coming in today. How can we contact you if we want to get a hold of you, mate? Um, e- email's always easy um, richard.harrison at aon.com or you can give me a bell on my mobile 027-275-8744 happy to have a chat and it uh, won't cost you anything beauty thank you to Free FM for their support of the show to Penny Boyce and Maya Armistead for editing and obviously always credit to Shapeshifter for the tunes Thank you for listening to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and we'll be back again tomorrow with more tips, tricks, hacks, and learnings to help you accelerate your impact and create an even stronger New Zealand. Kakite. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.